Philadelphia Union, San Jose, Earth, DC, United, Los Angeles, Galaxy, Beach Pass, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Orlando City SC, Montreal Impact, NYC FC, Seattle Sounders, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Hello again. Welcome to Pitch Pass. Thank you very much for downloading the episode. We hope that this will be a respite from the world soccer news that has been breaking the last day or so. That's a continuing breaking story. We'll leave it to others to discuss what that's all about. Although we will ask our guests just some broad impressions of this FIFA corruption scandal that is coming down. Who is that guest? That's a great question. First, let me tell you to follow us on Twitter, at Pitch Pass, to do that. PitchPass.com to catch up on old episodes. We had Chad Barrett on last week, as well as Alicia Rodriguez, talking about Chivas USA, LAFC. We didn't do that with Chad Barrett. We talked about Seattle Sounders stuff with him because he's a sounder. Makes sense, right? This week, we'll talk about Orlando City because our guest is a member of Orlando City. He is finally rounding back into form after a long-term injury. Reclaimed his starting spot two matches ago. And I'm really looking forward to talking and spending a little time with Orlando City goalkeeper Tally Hall. He joins us right now. Tally, how are things? Things are uh, things are going well. You know, uh, I'm excited. Go. Excited to be back on the field, and I, I'm excited for a win on Saturday. But uh, you know, here's the thing, though, and, and we got a lot to talk about with Orlando City and uh, all the excitement surrounding you guys as you uh, are putting together a nice little run. And uh, as you said, you're hoping to continue it. You're the first soccer person I'm talking to since yesterday, and since yesterday, a lot of soccer stuff has happened, Tally. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there. Yeah, Un- unfortunately. Um, there's uh there's there's been probably i mean rumors for for a couple of years now that that uh this was this was i guess going to happen and and it's good that it's it is happening because it, it has been a problem with uh with the sport in the, in a worldwide um uh, arena and and hopefully we we get this figured out i mean it's uh, it's not it's not a good thing, and, and we need to get rid of it. Well, and I don't mean to put you on the spot because everything is still kind of happening, and you know I'm not going to ask you about your opinions and anything. But do, when when this stuff happens, or when this stuff broke, or when you found out this stuff was going down, do you have the same reaction as like a regular soccer fan, which is holy crap, holy crap, holy crap? Um. Well, I. I... I think the writing's been on the wall for this, and and so my reaction is is has been good. I mean, these guys um, have been, uh, you know, from from the stories I've heard, they've they've been corrupt for a little while, and and uh, you know, charges had been filed before. Whistle whistleblowers had come out, uh, you know, as, as far as I could tell, nothing has really stuck, and so you know, I, this is. Listen, I, I want I want this game to be to be pure because we're talking about soccer. This is the the worldwide the most popular sport. It's called the beautiful game for a reason, and this is uh, you know a, a a bad aspect about the sport that that needs to be taken care of. And and as far as I'm concerned, if, if uh, there's there's evidence that these guys have have corrupted what uh, what should be a you know a uh, a pure and enjoyable thing, uh, then then they got, these guys should be punished for it. I mean, I, 
that's uh, I, I got no sympathy going going uh, their way for me. And I guess that's the where the frustration comes in uh, from your point of view, and, and maybe even a little bit of anger. If I'm getting your tone correctly, you know, you guys are you guys are out there playing honestly in an honest game. Meanwhile, things that are seventy steps above you guys that have nothing to do with with how you play or how players across the world play uh, is kind of sullying the name of the game that you love to play. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know. When you look at sports in general, and this isn't just soccer, um, you know, sports has uh, transcended a, a lot of social issues uh, because I look at it, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're black or white, straight, gay, like none of that matters when you're on the field. Uh, and, and it only matters is who's the best player. Uh, you know, playing playing to the top of your ability, and so that that's why I think the game is 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 pure in a sense. Because when you're on the field, it should be the the best players uh, on a team uh, getting to play, and then those two teams going at it, and the best team wins. You know, and so there's there's the purity of, of sport in general, and and to have people come in and and. Uh, and purity of the water, I just it just leaves it. It's it's just not a, a great thing, and uh, it needs to be taken care of. Uh, if we could, if we could steer the conversation in another direction. I thank you for your your insight on that. Um, I know that Brad Davis was a big hunting buddy of yours in Texas. Uh, who is the new hunting buddy in Florida, and how is the hunting in Florida? Uh, the the hunting. I mean, there's there's definitely. Uh, some good hunting in Florida. Uh, I haven't found it yet. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been uh, I've been focused on, on getting back on the field and and uh, getting my body uh, ready to to play at the highest level again. So uh, that's that's been my focus um, as as I get more and more ingrained in in uh, in Orlando. I will be I will be uh, reaching out and finding some good hunting spots. Um, for for sure, and you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not sure who I'm going to convince to be uh, to be uh, my hunting buddy. There's a lot of foreigners on the team, so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that are absolutely uh, surprised when when they um, <laughs> find out that uh, you know I have I have multiple guns, and all all the guns have a, a very specific purpose, and and uh, you know, like they're like tools in a garage. You know, so, uh, so I need I need to slowly build them into the fact that it, it's it's all right to uh, to to use them for uh, for for good times like hunting. You know, I didn't even think about that. You know, you, first of all, you're in Texas. You're in Texas. You're also on a predominantly American team with the Dynamo. Moving over to Orlando City takes you out of Texas and also, like you said, puts you in with a lot of foreigners who aren't familiar <laughs> with the concept of hunting. So I guess w- when the topic does come up, I guess you probably get a lot of raised and arched eyebrows. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – well, I mean, I, I think if, if you, uh, again, take a step back and look at uh, the gun culture in, in general, I think uh, uneducation about – uh, guns and and the Second Amendment, what it means, uh, and, and hunting, and uh, also uh, uneducation is, I think, the the biggest problem that that people face. Um, and so, for for me, it, you know, educating as many people as I can about uh, you know gun safety first, and 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 you know what it means to to when you when you're hunting, uh, you know, it's like 
you, you have to you have to treat everything with respect. People think because I'm comfortable with guns, I, no, that actually means that I treat it with even more respect than someone who who isn't uh, very comfortable. So so for me, I, I'm 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 slowly trying to uh, you know convince them that uh, that that. Uh, you know what I what I like doing isn't as crazy as they might think. <laughs> well, and the other thing, and I, I I've got this little tidbit from our mutual friend Bobby Boswell. Uh, you have aspirations of becoming a competitive shooter uh, post retirement. Well, um, yeah. There, so there's like this these yeah. There's like these like tournaments. <laughs> Did I stump you with that, uh, Tally? There's these tournaments, and I have I have no aspirations of like becoming a national championship shooter. Like, I mean, that would be super cool. But there are people uh, incredibly gifted in shooting that I'll just I'll just never have um, uh, their their skill. But yeah, there's like these tournaments that you go to that uh, that you know you compete for time, and there's a there's a course you have to you know run a certain course and uh, running and shooting and and with obstacles and it's like i just look at videos of that and i think man that seems like an awesome weekend and when i'm not playing soccer on the weekend it's something that uh that seems like a great idea now where does the camo line come in because i was also told you uh you may have your own camo line uh yeah so so brad brad davis and i along with uh, some other people have actually created a uh a camel line, but, um, but it turns out we're, we're, uh, soccer players first and, and business people second. Oh, and so, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to run a business when, uh, you're not running a business. So no, we, uh, you know, kind of for fun. Um, but at the same time, trying to create a, a cool camouflage, we've done it, but, uh, we're the only ones who've seen it. So, okay. uh, it's, yeah. So it's le- such a good camouflage you'll never see it. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> cuz my my legitimate follow-up question to that is how do you like what does your camo line look like and how does it how do you find camouflage that's different from say government or military grade camo that they have not thought of doing yet? You know, it's uh what's really going to be crazy is that the what we came up with is a a new new way of looking at camouflage. It, I I know you you think that we're just two stupid soccer players, but actually and I'm not actually saying that you'd be wrong when you think <laughs> that, but we were able to come up with something pretty cool. Uh we we kind of um blended two ideas. Uh there's like 3D hunting camo which is very prevalent. And then there's like two-dimensional military uh, camouflage, and so we've actually been able to blend uh, a little bit of those those two ideas, but it doesn't look anything like those two ideas. So it's it's a legitimate, awesome camouflage pattern. We're really proud of it, uh, but um, it's just sitting on our computers right now. Okay, here's the thing, Tally. Because every time I ask you a question about the camel line, you give that laugh that I give when I try to explain to my non-soccer friends or soccer-loving friends an MLS-focused podcast. And I always give that chuckle like, you're going to think this is silly, but here's my idea. And that's the chuckle you're giving. (laughs) To which I say to you, Tally, you go for it. Because when I I explain people about my podcast, they go, okay, whatever. And I go, you'll see. You will see. It'll be huge. And that's going to be your camel line, Tally. Yeah, maybe. Uh, listen, I would. I would love to be. Uh, 
you know, what's your job? I just run, I just run a business of camouflage. <laughs> exactly. and I sell a camouflage pattern. Listen, that sounds like a glorious dream, but I, I got to, you know, there, there's still a few more things on the soccer field I want to, uh, I want to accomplish before I just like go live in the woods for okay. a living. Fair enough. So, you know, but, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opposed to doing that. That's for sure. But it's, it's just going to have to uh, wait right now. Exactly. You got a day job and the day job is going pretty well as you, uh, <laughs> It's a pretty cool day job. It's a great day job, especially now that you're back and you're you're on the pitch again and and you're doing a thing. So let's go back uh, a week and a half to the uh, the match versus LA Galaxy. Your first match back, your first match at Citrus Bowl. Could you feel the euphoria uh, through the fans? Uh, what was that release like as they finally saw their hometown team, their expansion team, their first year MLS team uh, pick up a win and pick up a win against LA Galaxy uh, in resounding fashion yeah i mean it's um it's funny i think every athlete uh is different in how they respond to fans i I typically don't get very wrapped up in the atmosphere of a game in the 90 minutes i'm pretty good about uh tuning it out I mean, there there are factors, you know, if the if the stadium's really loud, it's going to be harder for me to communicate. So it's a very practical mm-hmm. um, response that I get. And if it, and if the people are far away, um, if the fans are further away, then then it's easier for me to communicate. I can communicate further. So everything becomes very practical in the ninety minutes. And so that's why, me personally, before the game starts, after the uh, national anthem. I take a time, I separate myself from the team, and I just look around. And I, I just kind of take take everything in, and I, I enjoy that moment for five seconds, and then I go back with the team, and then it's it's business mode to the to the end of the game. And so it was. Uh, it, I mean, I, I've I've been waiting a long time to have that five seconds to myself yeah. to experience with the entire Citrus Bowl before the game and so it was it was very special for me uh and then and then obviously after the game you, you know you have you have a, some some crazy emotions going on uh in any game and uh to, to have a win in, in front of uh some some crazy and, and very deserving fans uh was was uh very special for me and then following it up by uh, then traveling cross country, uh, San Jose, huge match for them as they move it to to Levi Stadium. Um, in a lot of ways, that's uh, you expect to get your three points at home, no matter the opponent. But to be able to to build on top of that and then go and get a point on the road down a man, that's almost got to be just as fulfilling, if not more, than than the match versus LA Galaxy. So the the match against Galaxy was, uh, you know, if if. <laughs> It almost turned into uh, to a to a party, uh, in in a sense that we we had we had basically control of of the the entire game. Uh, we were on top of them from beginning to end. They never really got momentum, and so you know that game was about us finishing our chances, uh, preventing them from having momentum. So so that win was um, was was awesome. But then you you come into San Jose, you know it's 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 going to be a fight. The home team, uh, especially in Major League Soccer, uh, always always has, you know, 
times of the game when they have momentum. And so you know that you're going to have to weather things like that. You're going to have to, to work very hard to get momentum of your own. And so it was, it was always going to be a, a more difficult battle. Uh, and, and in the second half, you know, I think both teams in the first half um, didn't risk much and didn't gain very much. And, and I think both teams realized the second half needed to be different. And, and we went into the second half saying, we're good enough to get a win. We need to go for it. Uh, obviously picking up a, a red card and being down a man. You know what? I, I, I still wanted to win the game. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like a power play in hockey where where you literally just need to sit in. You know, ten against eleven is difficult, but you still have ten players that can play the game well, and uh, you got to be a little bit smarter. But you can still pick your moments and and get a win. And so, uh, you know that that was our goal. Obviously, coming out there with with a with a hard hard earned point is something that we can build on. We uh, so I watched the match and I'm thinking to myself, why is this game at Levi Stadium? They have a brand new stadium which is gorgeous, and I don't understand why they would want to move it to this cavernous football stadium. And then I I see number ten in white and go, oh, okay, that's why they would want to move it. What is it like traveling with the Kaka Circus around you? Um, talk about power that you move a team from their brand new, <laughs> brand new. beautiful soccer stadium to uh, a, a different location, a different stadium, you know, taking away some of their home field advantage. Um, that is, that is power, my friend. And, you know, some of us are talking about it. What players in MLS uh, in the history of MLS could do it? And, you know, I think, I think Beckham could do it. That's one. Um, you know, I, I. That's one. I don't know if I don't know if Henri could have done it. I, I don't think Keen could do it, even though I, I have uh, a, a huge amount of respect for uh, you know, obviously Henri and Keen. Yeah. I mean, the it, it it's kind of it kind of takes you back. Like, yeah, not many players in the world. And then we started thinking, okay, what players in the world <laughs> could move a team out of their brand new stadium? to to fit more fans to see this moment and, and there's not that many no i mean you you're 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 going to have extra fingers on your hands if, if you if you start counting who would have that much power to do it so it's uh it, it kind of <laughs> when we started thinking about it we're like oh this guy's <laughs> like you knew you know he's a big deal but when you when you start thinking about it like that um i mean that's that's pretty crazy, right? So how, how I, I don't know if it still happens. If it does, how often does it happen? When did you get over the fact that all of this stuff is surrounding you when when we go on the road with this guy? And then meanwhile, you just look over the bus and you go, I, I can just talk to that guy right now and look what everybody's doing just because of him. Um, You know, he's uh, oh man, I don't I don't know that it that it ever goes away i mean he's what he's done in, in his career it's uh i mean you you treat him you treat him the same as, as any teammate when it comes to to camaraderie when it comes to to pre-game talks i mean it, you know he is he is uh you know he, he's one of your teammates so you, you every, everyone is is equal when it comes to to the the team on one sense, but on, on the other sense, I mean, he's 
what he's accomplished, uh, what he's done is is um, is, is special. So you always you always have that uh, going. I mean, it, it's something that's going to be very cool for me to say that I played with him. But at the same time, when it when it comes game time, everyone's got to pull their weight. He he has uh, uh, the the same same uh, responsibilities when it comes to pulling his weight. Not not playing up to someone else's expectations, but playing up to, to his level. And, and I'm trying to play up to my level and everyone's trying to do that. And if we do that and also share responsibilities of the team, we're, we're going to be a very successful team. And you, we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, the ugliness at the top of world soccer. This is the other side of the coin. You know, when you bring in designated players, there's always that concern in the back of your mind is, is this guy going to be coasting? Is this guy looking at this as a, as a payday or a final payday? Is this guy going to do what he needs to do? And everything that I have seen as an outsider, as a non-Orlando City fan, uh, of what he's done has kind of made me proud of being an MLS fan. Um, just the fact of, you know... Putting the Molino jersey on after after he scores the goal uh, to to honor Kevin and and his torn ACL and now being out for a long time to even even last week versus San Jose you know you could he could look over to Coach Heath and go you know take me out we're down a man I'm not going to do this much running he was out there to the 90th minute that those kind of things say to me this guy's not here kicking back he's doing everything right as a designated player should do as he comes into this league. Yeah, and and to be to be fair to to him, he comes in and does uh, no less than an hour's worth of work before training, and that's core workout, that strengthening workout. Uh, he is he's very serious about his his preparation, so he's not coming here and just saying, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, the name on the back of my jersey," and and it'll sell tickets and it'll be fine. And, and I'm, I'm going to, I want to score goals. I don't really want to help the team. Uh, there have been, there have been games that, that we need him, um, you know, not, not to be Kaka. We, we need him to be a guy that, that runs down defensively, uh, you know, a runner to, to make a good play. And, and he's also done that at the same time. I mean, that, that, that doesn't take uh, a special, talent that doesn't take a, a, a magnificent touch sometimes it just you have to make a decision that that you're going to have to work it's not going to be fun but the team needs it and and you know there have been times that he's had to do it and he's done it and and so I look at it he is absolutely the type of designated player that uh, major league soccer should be looking for guys that are very talented and and want to win uh want to see the league improve and and expect uh Nothing but success. I mean, he's, he's not coming here on, on vacation, uh, though it's it's not it's not a bad spot for vacation. No, but he, he wants he wants to win. I know that you take your mentoring uh, just as seriously. We talked to Tyler Derrick at the beginning of the season, um, and he said that you know he re- you reached out to him uh, just to give him a congratulations on his performance at his early season start on the year. Um, how how much pride do you take in, in watching his success? And then how much mentoring do you still do? Or is that a situation where it's like, okay, you're a different team now. Congratulations. I've got to do my thing and, and you're on your own now. You know, it's, it's not so much that, uh, you know, you're on a, you're on a different team. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I feel like he is, he has had a, a, a very good year so far. 
Um, but the only the only mentoring I've done to him is is actually after the game against uh, us in Houston when when uh, when he had a long touch and and we we got a road win uh, and it came off his mistake. I mean that that's a that's a difficult thing to uh, to have happen for for any goalkeeper. And I just I sent him a text. I said, hey, you've had a great start of the year. Um, any goalkeeper who's who's worth his salt that's been around this league has had games like that. Shake it off your and keep up keep up what you're doing. Um and and I just I just sent that because you know I've I've been there. I've I've had, you know, some some pretty uh silly mistakes early on in my career and, and you know when when it's when it's early on in your career I think those mistakes uh can hit you a little bit harder because you you've you know he's waited a long time to to get in the spot that he's in now. He's done he's done a lot of hard work. He's done a lot of good work, and you know sometimes you've anticipated. You know you've dreamt of this perfect start, and and he had a couple of, of really good games. You want to carry that momentum, and then you make one mistake, um, and all of a sudden it's like every everything that you've you've been dreaming of is is vanished in that moment because of one of one mistake and, and it's extremely frustrating uh for a goalkeeper so you know that's that's about the only thing i mean i've, I've watched him play i don't think he needs uh <laughs> yeah. pick me up messages for me he's he's been on fire he's been uh he's been very good for houston and and it's been no surprise to me so it's been it's been cool watching watching him succeed we talked to it, ha- it hasn't been a surprise that's for sure we talked to chad barrett last week who uh just turned 30 in april you actually just turned 30 this month in May, uh, I asked him how he celebrated the big three zero. How did you bring in the dirty thirty tally? Um, quietly. I don't, uh, man. I I, I stopped making uh, a big deal out of birthdays uh, when I was twelve, and and uh, you know I uh, I didn't I didn't do too much. I had uh, you know time with family and friends, and and then uh, then I moved on. It, it's. Uh, it's actually not not a my birthday isn't always fun. My wife is six months older than I am, and so for six months out of the year, I constantly <laughs> harass her about how old she is. And then on my birthday, she's she's got a huge smile on her face, like, "Hey, she's she's got six months of where I'm uh, less less, uh, um, you know." Well, pestering, I guess. I- I'm glad you brought up your wife because the last thing I have for you is I know that your wife is a competitive fitness model. So uh, the question is, uh, whose workouts are harder, yours or your wife's? Oh, hers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I tried to do one of her workouts uh, a couple years ago, and it was like an upper body workout. And I, I knew, like, she she can, can uh, like, endurance-wise – uh, crushes crushes me on legs, but I thought we're doing a shoulder workout. Like I should be able to hang. I had at the end of it like 25 pound weights trying to do like overhead shoulder press, and she was spotting me. I felt like I was using aerobic weights, and she then she'd go out and get like 30, 35s, and like do the same thing. I was like, this is <laughs> like it was, and and we were in a gym. It wasn't like we were at home at yeah. the time, and like. I could like, hey, don't tell anyone about this. There was like fifty people looking at me like, Why are you crying? <laughs> and she like hadn't like broken a sweat yet. I was no her uh when she was uh she she's about to get back into it. Um and our our uh our youngest of three kids is now seven months, so 
that that transition of you know we get a little bit more freedom as she sleeps you know more and more through the night uh and and more of a schedule but uh yeah when when she was when she was uh competing before we had uh, our third um she would she'd wake up before I woke up to to do a workout and and she'd go and and do a workout and <laughs> and have the kids and take them to to the gym daycare i mean she was incredibly determined and focused and as actually i look at it and think like that's you know that's something i i can learn from and i know it sounds crazy but i you know as i yeah. as i grow older and 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 get more uh, of a uh, of a sense of what i need to do to keep improving it's it's closer to what she's been doing than than what i was in the beginning so um yeah she's uh she's she's awesome uh, well, Tally, I appreciate you were very generous with your time today, and I thank you very much for it. Uh, best of luck against Columbus on Saturday and uh, throughout the rest of the season. And then, obviously, you'll have some more time to focus on this camel line, which I'm looking forward to seeing as well. Don't don't give up on your dream, Tally. Don't give up on your dream. Thanks, yeah. Again, I'll keep my day job until then. For more show information, go to pitchpass.com.